Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. Today's podcast is a bit of a special one in that it marks the first of a series of highlight podcasts. You might be wondering, what is the highlight podcast going to be about? Well, very simply put, it's going to serve as the project podcast of Studio Break. We normally talk with one artist about the evolution of their work from beginning to end. This podcast will feature a variety of different themes, different ideas, different subjects, and they'll be a bit more condensed. And there's not going to be as much of a set format, so it can be a number of different things. We might talk a little bit about someone's studio practice, and then we might profile something. Or we could have a previous guest that's been on Studio Break talking about a big exhibition that they have opening up and all the changes that's gone on in their work in the past year or however long they've been on. We could talk to a group of artists that are working in a a collaborative way about uh, a public work that they have going on. We could talk to a panel of artists about uh, thematic work or or, uh, work based out of a certain type of material or a certain discipline. We could be talking with artists that are opening up exhibition spaces or alternative venues for showing art. The idea is a bit more variety than we normally get. So that being said, kicking us off today with the highlight podcast will be Jan Brandt. Now, Jan lives in Bloomington, Illinois, and she worked as a number of years in interior design before she decided to go back and do art. She wanted to get serious about art, and so we talked a bit about that, the evolution and the transition between the two, how that works out, which is, again, very interesting. But she also recently opened up a gallery space. So we will be talking a bit about what it's going to be like running that and the types of shows that she has going on. All right, so before you run out of patience, here we go with the Highlight Podcast with Jan Brandt. Stay tuned. Welcome, everyone, to Studio Break. I'm happy to be uh, joined with uh, Jan Brandt. How are you today? I'm doing great, David. It's, it's you know, we were just chatting a little while ago. It's, it's nice to meet you and, um, you know, look forward to talking to you about your work. And, and of course, uh, I think, you know, maybe a little bit later on, we'll talk a little bit about your uh your gallery space that uh, just opened up recently too. Um, but, you know, as always, I, I kind of just like to get a, a bit of a background, um, you know, briefly maybe uh, uh, where you grew up and, and, you know, just maybe some early childhood experiences uh, when it comes to, I guess, art making, you know, one of the things that's nice about hindsight is you can always, I don't know, look back to some moment that you maybe never realized when you were a kid, but um, you know, something that maybe informed you now, but uh, could you talk a little bit about where you're from and all of that stuff? Sure. Um, I'm actually from Bloomington, Illinois, originally, uh, a townie, Um, although I also have uh, moved around a little bit. Um, My mother's family uh, are farmers and live in Paxton, Illinois, so I also lived on a farm um, in Paxton, which is about an hour east of Bloomington. Um, I, I do really hold those memories of being on a farm and out in nature and the timber uh, is real influences on becoming an artist. I think it trained my eye to uh, just look for shadows and colors and patterns and textures from a very early age. I, I would collect rocks and make things out of twigs. I was probably kind of an odd child. I don't know. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> but I drew a lot, you know, and I drew pictures of people, and then, you know, that's a way to get attention. Um, like I, I love to be outside, but I was also uh, like to be by myself too, and in my own sort of dream world uh, with the animals and the 
you know, being outside. So that's kind of, it started as long ago as I can remember. Sure, sure. Well, and so, you know, we were talking also a little bit about before this then too. I mean, um, you know, in terms of your, your, uh, going back to school and, and, uh, you know, different areas of, of study and that, but you know, when you were, I don't know, a little bit further down the road, I mean, was, was art something that you really gravitated towards in terms of like high school or junior high? Oh yes, I was, uh, I was in junior high art classes and I was in Bloomington high school art classes. Herb Curtis was my art teacher and I took senior studio and uh, he was, he was a great teacher, and he uh, told us to always stop and smell the roses, <laughs> which is a little corny, but uh, I remember that he said that, you know, like, take time to notice things, you know. Uh, it's a visual feast out there, and, and make sure you take advantage of it. Um, even after high school and when I started at ISU, I did take many art classes and I, I think at the time, you know, it was the 70s, what can I say? I was working uh, my way through school, trying to have fun, and, uh, you know, being an art student takes a lot of time and uh, supplies, and I had to have a social life, too, so uh, between all that, I ended up changing my major and to uh, housing and environmental design, mm-hmm. and I ended up becoming an interior designer, mm-hmm. and I did that for 25 years. I went through the licensing procedure through the state of Illinois, so I professionally licensed, and, uh, you know, I, I was certainly using elements of art in that career, um, met a lot of nice people, sometimes it was frustrating, I always kept drawing and painting, you know, on the side, and uh, I think, you know, people would have me donate artwork for charities and things because they knew I did art. And I just started to have this feeling. I just didn't think it was good enough, and I wanted to get better. <laughs> sure, sure. So that commitment to go back to school. Well, uh, and, and it's interesting too, because well, you know I I, know, I can I think think about you know the maybe more the the current work or you know the stuff that I that I've seen on your website. Um, you know, did you what was it that that informed I guess your your interior you know design kind of work. I mean, I'm curious because, like, you know, like things like pattern especially seem, you know, very relevant in terms of that. So, I mean, in terms of that that career that you kind of had before, you know, you you went, you decided to go back to school. Um, you know, was that something that was informed by by those experiences before? Was there, you know, a particular? Because again, I don't have any, <laughs> I don't really have a, a depth of knowledge in terms of interior design. But was that something that you? Was was there like a particular philosophy or, or a way that you thought about um, the environment, like that kind of idea of environment and interior? I, I it definitely informs my work, my my past experience and my studies. Um, uh, textile design, wallpaper design, the idea of creating an environment, especially um, placement. Uh, you know, I would. You have to visualize a room or a building and uh, in my head think, what would I do with this? What color would I put there? So, you know, when you put that into a 2D work of a collage or uh, a painting, you know, that it's sort of like creating an environment on, 
than one object, which would be a 2D painting or a collage or even some of my uh, paintings kind of cross that threshold into 3D work. Sort right, of right. Also. Um, so I think, you know, part of it is the history of the patterns and textiles, like, you know, the warp and weft, weaving, that is very interesting to me, but also that that idea of needing to, to place things in a certain pleasing order. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I guess that can go psychologically if I want to go, you know, down that uh, road. Uh, everybody has a lot of things that they deal with, and, and there are certainly in my life there have been uh, a number of serious issues going on with family members or myself, health-wise, mentally, health. I have a, a son who's severely ill. Um, so by taking something that may seem more superficial, such as patterns and you know decorative stenciling or floral botanicals that show up in a home environment, I can control uh, that, what I'm doing at that moment in time. Sure, sure. And try to make something that uh, I can finish and it's this object to sort of treasure and you know in that in that instance I've been able to control uh, what's going on in my life at right. that point so that's like that psychological which might be kind of I hope it doesn't weird people out <laughs> you know just that that is part of it also well and I mean I think those are things that you know if people don't want to admit that, I mean, I mean, those kinds of things inform, I think, a lot about who we are and, you know, what we gravitate towards and especially, I think, what we hopefully become really interested in making, you know, in, in terms of, you know, a kind of discovery that, that happens. Um, did you, so, so you know, when you, were, when you were practicing all this at the time, I mean, were your works uh, similar to, I guess, what you had started when you, when you decided to, to kind of go back and, um, I don't remember quite how you said it, but you know, you know, you realized you thought it wasn't what you were doing art-wise wasn't necessarily, you know, maybe what you wanted to do, and, and kind of became more serious about it. Was that? But I'm trying to get an idea of you know what that what that work was like in terms of coming into it. Where you have you been spending all that time kind of working up, um, you know, these these pattern paintings? Were they you know very rigid and tightly done, or were they loose? Um, uh, actually, when I first started back to school, I, I was still kind of on that line of either doing a lot of drawing, a figurative drawing, or um, you know, painting that I thought people would want, would want to buy for charity things because I was being asked to donate things. So you know, I, I have some sunflower paintings out there. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, of course, I was sold for more than, you know, what things are getting now, but <laughs> right. because people like them, but, uh, and that's great. But, um, I, I think when I first started, uh, back to school with, I, I had a lot of drawing classes with Mike Willie. Um, he's a great professor. Um, and I did a lot of that was, I, I was, said I was good at gestural drawing, so I did a lot of that. So that was actually pretty loose. Um, I ended up getting into printmaking. Sarah Smelzer uh, is my men- was my mentor, and I did a lot of nature-inspired things, 
pretty abstract, um, but they would still be very layered um, and complicated. Uh, you know, pretty much almost you know to this to the state of a, a, a confusion. <laughs> with right. And uh, you know, as I worked through all that, I as I as it became closer for my BFA final show, I I wanted to utilize the whole space and have it feel as if it it had a domestic feeling. Um, so that is where, with these uh, the stencil paintings of the textiles, those were to represent the history of decoration in a home through the years, how people you know try to make something look good, but then they keep changing their mind, and you know it's sort of that. Uh, representation of, of wanting to go forward and, and keep making things appear uh, normal or perfect. But, you know, as we all know, that's never going to happen. Sure, sure. It's always going to have to be redone. Uh, people's tastes change. Uh, you know, their lives uh, may not go the way they want them to. So it's a metaphor for that type of thing. Sure. Well, and, and, you know, I, I know that, you know, we, we kind of talked about, or at least you kind of brought up the idea of printmaking. I mean, um, was there anything that you kind of gravitated toward? I mean, it seems like it would be a natural, uh, you know, just because of that idea of the multiple or, or, you know, the way that you have, um, something like a textile or a print, you know, so, something that you can literally kind of reproduce in that manner. That's, you know, a bit different than painting. I mean, was, was that what kind of gravitated you towards it or, um, the process, I think, or? Uh, uh, well, when I my first printmaking class was with Sarah Smelzer, and uh, she um, was really good for me. I think her advice and her critiques were very helpful to me. I also have uh, a sense of <laughs> not maybe not a sense. I let's just say it this way: I am obsessive, and so when I'm working on something. Um, I can just keep layering it over, and, and sometimes I end up totally losing it, and then I have to push things back so something will come forward uh, to the, you know, push things back so something will finally come forward to the front, and I never know what that's going to be for sure. But with printmaking, you kind of have to make some decisions and go with it. So I think with printmaking, the process allowed me to, uh, you know, Although I was still obsessive, I had to make choices and stick with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was something that I really liked that. I think that helped me. Um, but also, the you're right, the duplication, like having different plates, but then I would kind of think at the press and uh, just try something in a different color or try something upside down or whatever and see what happens so that excitement of discovery uh, with printmaking was really ex- exciting to me of being able to uh, pull off that paper and see what had happened with you know the tools I had used and um, so that that really drove me uh, to love the printmaking I it's interesting because I get a lot of different um, feedback from people some people are like, you're a printmaker, don't do the painting, and some people are like, oh my gosh, you know, 
right. like, get your prints, do the painting. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's kind of funny to me because they both, you know, it comes from me. But, uh, and I, I can see there are some relations uh, to them. Sure, sure. Well, and, and, you know, we touched on this a little bit too, but, um, I, you know, I wanted to ask you because it seems like there's the the color, the aspect of color in your work, um, you know, varies a lot. But I, but it seems very strong. It seems like, you know, especially at times there there are a lot of interesting color combinations or, you know, bold or, or neutral colors, intense colors. Um, do do you kind of go in with particular, you know, ideas in mind? Do you look at it more analytically? Do you are are you trying to evoke anything in terms of? you know, like a somber feeling? I mean, what in, what informs that aspect of, of the work? I, I'm usually drawn, uh, I would say, to a brighter color palette, usually. Um, sometimes I tone it down depending on what the subject matter is. Um, I did take color theory with Professor Jim Mayan. Uh, you learn a lot from him. Uh, but I... I, I really like to use many times complementary colors or different shades and tones of, that, of those so that hopefully, even if it's a neutral, uh, say if I'm going to have a red in there, even if I have a gray neutral or something, if, if I throw some green in there, I'm hoping that it will help, you know, the, the red pop more. So I... I do that constantly. I'm thinking, what's a complementary color of this? What can I do, you know, to help out with this? Um, so that is very much intentional. Uh, sometimes if I'm doing something that I, maybe it's more from nature and I think it's, you know, something that's withered or dried or it's more of a, a study uh, as opposed to like a full bloom type thing. I will go ahead and use the browns and, you know, the grayed out greens. Um, sure, sure. Well, and I'm curious, and I know that we just kind of touched on this idea of uh, the role of being a, you know, both a printmaker and a painter, but I, I was just curious then how, I don't know, how, how they wind up informing each other. Did you, I mean, did you ever, did, were you always working, I, I guess, when you, I guess, kind of got into printmaking, were you doing a bit of both? Were you kind of at times focusing on one or the other? How, how is that relationship between the, the media? Well, I think with my layers and, um, you know, just working over things, I, I don't, I'm not one of these printmakers that carves every wood block and so that they fit right next to each other and you register them and, you know, everything lines up perfectly. It's just this, more of a stream of consciousness type thing. And with my paintings, uh, it's a, it's pretty much the same kind of thing. I got into some of the sculptural painting using the dried house paint, which you may have seen mm -hmm. some of those photos. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have arthritis and I had to have hand surgery and I had to stop printmaking for a while, but I had to get my BFA show done. So I kind of thought, okay, if I want to do this domestic environment, um, you know, why not use leftover house paint, you know, that it was abandoned and people, it was either mistinted or, you know, somebody didn't want to use it 
or it was just left over unwanted. So because my hands couldn't really use the brayer, I started, you know, pouring this paint and then tearing these paint, dried paint into compositions. So it was sort of a need issue <laughs> sure. to go into this painting. Um, and that's what my BFA show, most of it was a lot of that sculptural thing or the stenciling because I couldn't really use the brayer, which was pretty heavy because of my hands. Since then, I had hand surgery and I'm back to printing also. But well, and- I think they inform each other, the colors. Um, you know, there are still uh, patterns, uh, textures. I mean, you stencils in both printmaking and in painting. So, you know, those those are similar. So, sure, sure. Well, and I guess I, I was I was curious. You know, the um, I don't know. It, it just seems like the 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 idea of the material is something that's important as well. You know, clearly, just because I, I mean. You know, you're talking about the limitations in terms of, uh, I don't know, some of your processes leading to, you know, the process that you wind up using. But um, do you find that that I, the way that something looks in terms of its physicality is, is something that's really interesting to you in, in terms of having someone consider when they look at your work? Yeah, I hope they find it interesting. I, I know, I mean, for years when I'm painting, I look at my palette and I, I you know, I, I find... Sometimes the, the way the paint is dried on my palette is, like, really beautiful. And I don't know that everybody else would think that, but uh, there's some randomness. And that's interesting to me. Uh, I, you know, there's some things there that, like, I can't totally control. Mm-hmm. And so that's more interesting to me than knowing, like, just trying to paint something that's flatter or something where... Uh, I know that it's going to end up like that or it's perfect. I don't think I could do something perfect. Like, I'm in awe of people that can, mm-hmm. but uh, mine's, uh, you know, it's a little bit more organic and, and, like, as I work, you know, things happen and I see what textures happen and, you know, that's I just kind of go along with it. Um, that sounds probably like... I'm an old hippie or something. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's I'm trying to let loose there, I guess. Sure. Well, and and again, I mean, I, I think it's just really, it's it's hard not to bring up all these things just because it seems like there's, um, I don't know, you, you've built up like a nice variety in terms of incorporating, you know, those different elements into the work. And, you know, I'm thinking, I guess, specifically of some of the, I don't know some of the like like the hand coloring that you do and some of the the collage kind of pieces that you make. Could you? Mm-hmm. I don't know how how do those work then? I mean, in terms of you know, for example, it's a you know like in a description it might say something like a digital collage with with hand coloring. Um, what, what would be like the typical process that you might you know utilize to, to come up with that final image? Well, again, a lot of that is chance. Uh, I guess it's. it's intent and chance, but with some of the digital collages I have done, that also was because of health reasons. Um, I I couldn't use the brayer, but I, you know, needed to finish school. (laughs) I started, um, you know, 
just casting about looking for interesting papers or, uh, and I would cut them into shapes and I would actually scan shapes on, on my scanner, print them out, see what happened, cut them up again, you know, just layer things like on my scanner, like individual pieces, and then just see what happened. And then sometimes I would then put them in, again, put them in backwards or sideways or, and, and just see, sometimes I would get a duplicate image, you know, upside down of what I'd scanned and just a lot of experimentation. And then after I would get that, I would, you know, try to take a look at it and say, okay, this is interesting, but what do I need to do next? So I would try to draw out something by, uh, intensifying some color or pushing something back um, or, or throwing another layer over over it digitally. Sometimes I've even done the digital images over prints that I've done traditionally. Right. It, it's, it's kind of, it's sort of like, you know, even though I'm not, I don't really even know how to Photoshop, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this backwards way of, of digital art by actually doing it on the scanner. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, you know, and I think that, you know, we talked a little bit about that too, you know, the, the idea of technology and, and, um, and art making. And, you know, I think that, I don't know, it, it's interesting because I, I think, you know, with any kind of, uh, new technologies, you know, people might, you know, just kind of gravitate towards, uh, you know, those kinds of methods as like the, the new thing and the only thing. And, and in some ways it's interesting to me, especially working kind of from the opposite of that. You know, I still do, um, I still do graphite transfers, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to lay out a drawing, um, you know, whereas I know some people will use projection or, yeah. you know, some Good other method, you. but, well, but, well, but, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Well, well, you know, I mean, just, I mean, just, um, I don't know. I think you, I think anybody has to kind of figure out re- what really works for that process. And I think, you know, it especially sounds like because you're in, interested in such a handmade, you know, type of process, it makes, I think, a ton of sense. Um, and, and so, you know, it kind of gives a good opportunity, too, because we've talked about, you know, a number of these, these different kinds of works. Um, to talk about the, uh, the, uh, the way that you started to, I guess, incorporate them all into these, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess more of these installation or, or configurations that kind of evoke that idea of, um, you know, interior spaces. And I'm thinking specifically of the, of your exhibition nesting instinct. Yes. Um, so um, what was that process like in terms of, I guess, um, I don't know, I, you know, where, how does one figure, how does one, you know, get from point A to point B? Um, but I mean, what, 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 what do you think about in terms of, I guess, looking back on that in terms of how you started, to think about the way that these these might function in, in that kind of space. Hours and hours of thinking and obsessing over what I was going to do with that show. Um, I wanted to do a really good job. I didn't want to let people down. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a great experience at ISU that, I mean, not, not like I wanted to be bragging about it, but I just really wanted it to be sort of this love letter to all the students and, and professors I had that it meant so much to me that experience that I wanted to do the best job I could at that time. So I wanted to utilize um, a lot of the space 
in a different way. You know, I also, I didn't just want to hang things, you know, regularly, like a gallery setting usually, because that didn't seem like me. It didn't seem like the way my brain works. I, uh, for it to be of me and from me, it had to have all these different ideas going, because that's, you know, my way, my thinking process is sort of like, you know, uh, full steam ahead. Sure. And in my little BFA studio, I, I just started and I thought, I'm going to make, I'm just going to start making things and as I make things, just see what happens. So I just let my mind kind of stay open and as I was creating, I would then come up with an idea. And some of the things were like, okay, you know, this could be a painting, but it could reference uh, the a close-up of uh, the weave of a textile textile design, or this looks like a wallpaper that somebody didn't like and they threw paint on. Right. And, uh, then I wanted to reference that it was a domestic setting, so I did silhouettes of furniture, um, which I felt grounded. You know, it, it. There were so many pieces. There were eighty-seven pieces of art in there, so I felt like that the furniture silhouettes helped ground, you know, all that that was happening. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think obviously, I mean, it seems like it, it would it would kind of talk about that. I don't know. I mean, it, I, w- I would imagine for for doing for having a, a a career, you know, where you're really kind of devoted to thinking about interior spaces, I would think that that would be something that, you know, it seems like you're you're trying to kind of have a, a conversation about as well. I mean, did you? Oh, did, true. Yes. I guess you know what was the reaction of in terms of the way that that it was received because I think. You know, a lot of that idea of, and <laughs> coincidentally, you know, I, I actually worked at Hobby Lobby for, I think, two and a half years. And so I'm, I'm quite familiar with, I guess, in some regards, like the way that people might um, approach decisions about <laughs> even framing a picture in, in terms of thinking about the way that it relates to their couch or, or things like that. But, um, you know, it, it seems like there'd be a lot of conversation that you could have around, around that idea of, you know, decoration or you know, interior spaces. It, it was definitely, there was a tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, kind of inside joke, or maybe it wasn't so inside, but it, it definitely had something to do with being an interior designer and, you know, picking out art for people that wanted it to match your sofa. So that that was part <laughs> part of it, um, part, part of it for me. But then also, you know, to, to be honest, I mean, people that... Not all art does go into a, a museum or an art gallery, and so people do want to place art in in their home or uh, businesses. So, you know, I guess I was trying to to ride that uh, dichotomy there. Of, you know, can you make a piece of art to go over a piece of furniture, right? <laughs> or, or pick a piece of art so that the scale looks right with a piece of furniture? I mean, it does happen, you know, whether or not, you know, the, the serious art world wants to admit that, it, it does happen. Sure. Well, and if you want to sell art, you know, it's going to go into people's homes also. <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of this issue. And it also goes back to, okay, I was an interior designer. Does that negate my 
uh, street cred as an artist. Um, right. You know, it's part of me, and you know I have to own it. And, and it, it's just, it is, it is there that influence. Well, and it, it's it's interesting too because you know you know you think about the idea of art in terms of maybe almost as a collection. You know, you, you if, especially if you're you know, someone that especially sees a lot of art in galleries and museums. Um, but, you know, you know, I've got, I've got plenty of great art by people. It's, um, it's being stored in a closet currently. Um, so it's, it's interesting to think about, um, I don't know the way that, the way that, um, you know, you can, you can kind of have all a very, very idealistic idea about the way that it might be, you know, presented or, or even, you know, the way that you might talk about this, this aspect of art, the art world that people don't talk about. And so I think in that, that regard, it's really pretty interesting. Thank you. Well, and I, and I think, you know, something that, I don't know, it's, I think there's a lot of conversations that you wind up, um, having over and over again. And I think that that's something that, you know, it, it has to be considered, you know? Well, I, I find it interesting and, we aren't talking about the gallery yet, but one of my hopes is when I get people together, I want to I want to pick artists together, and I I want to hang their works um, as long as it's all right with them. But so so I see how they play off each other, and sometimes the placement to me in the negative space around a salon hanging. Uh, can add a different dimension to artists' work, and uh, I, you know I'm interested in that too. Well, and, and so long as you bring it up, I think you know maybe that would be a good time to to talk about that. So, could you tell us a little bit about this uh, this new space that you've got opened up? Well, it's just my dream come true. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in a great building. It's a in an old Coca-Cola factory in an industrial part of town in Bloomington. And uh, I'm lucky enough, uh, there are other artists in the building, Gary Justice, an ISU sculpture professor. I had him for uh, a class. And then my mentor, Sarah Smelzer, and her husband, Jonathan Higgins, run Mannequin Press. Uh, Susan Emerson's there. She got her BFA from ISU and her master's from the Art Institute of Boston. And there's also another lady, Kelly, that I was in classes with at ISU. So it's, you know, even though I'm out of school, I'm really, I like this vibe of of being around other artists still. And I recently um, was able to get 1,850 square feet and have renovated it into a gallery studio space. And then there are also some other artists that have their studios in a back part that we're calling the annex (laughs) and their studios will be open also when I have exhibition openings. So far we had our inaugural show and it was 14 printmakers from ISU called a funky space reincarnation, which was a Marvin Gaye song. (laughs) And I thought that was apropos for, you know, opening a new space. And, uh, we had about 200 people for the, uh, opening, which I thought was, you know, just wonderful. And I was very grateful for all that turnout. Um, 
I have a few shows lined up with uh, some people. Um, let's see. The end of July, uh, I'm going to have Rob Feifel, Todd Reed, Jeff Robinson, and Paul Trapp in an exhibition called Odd Man Out. And, uh, you know, I contacted them. I wanted to, wanted to see their work together and um, really excited to get that hung. And uh, going to have another print exchange traveling exhibit coming up in September. And uh, just kind of keeping my mind open, uh, trying to think of artists I want to see together and uh, artists I want to bring to the community. I, I want to, I, I think I want, I'm pretty sure for, for the first year or so, I want to concentrate on, on some emerging artists. Um, that they may have a hard time, you know, finding um, gallery openings or places to show their work. And I know how that feels to, you know, try to get out there and get your work shown. And it's like you don't have a really big exhibition history yet. And these people are really good. And, I, you know, I want to offer that um, to some of these artists. So I'm going to concentrate on getting shows. Sure. Some of those people. Well, and, you know, and obviously just because of uh, the nature of what I've, I've been doing here, um, you know, just the the idea of, of trying to get everybody's art out there is, is something that I think contributes to the idea that that aspect of community and, you know, trying to get people more involved in that dialogue where, where it's, I don't know, I think it's very easily, easy to become compartmentalized and, you know, separate and, you know, seeing that these things are disconnected. And so I, I really appreciate, too, the aspect of just kind of taking it on and doing it. It sounds like a, a nice large uh, space with a lot of potential. I, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, hope, I hope I can handle it all. I'm, I'm going to be 55 this year, so uh, I may need a little help now and then. <laughs> Uh, I've got a lot of young friends I've met, and this is a great way for me to, you know, stay in touch with them too. I get—I was sort of the art mom when I was there at ISU, and I uh, developed some wonderful relationships. And you know, hoping that this will help keep in contact with everybody too. Sure, sure. Well, um, I, I, I guess just before we uh, before we wrap this up, I was just hoping that maybe you could. Um, you know, just uh, let us know where we can find out more information about, you know, not only the show, but then also all of the, the different work and, and things that you have going on in terms of your own studio practice. Oh, sure. Um, well, the gallery is, uh, it's Jan Brand Gallery. It's 1106 East Bell, Bloomington. Uh, I have hours by appointment and on and for exhibitions, I have a Jan Brandt Studio Facebook page. If people want to go to that and like it, then they can stay informed on that. Um, the phone number to call to uh, come visit the gallery is 309-287-4700. I have a janbrandt.carmenmade.com website. Uh, janbrantgallery.com and I also, there is a gallery website that's under construction now that 
will be just bigger and better, but it's not quite done yet. So <laughs> Sure. Well, it sounds like you got a lot, a lot of stuff going on and uh, a lot of stuff for everyone to look forward to. So um, I just want to, you know, thank you again for having taken the time and, and chatting with me today. Well, thank you, David. All right. Thanks again to Jan for joining us today. Once again, you can go to Facebook and search for Jan Brandt Studio and like it there. And hey, hey, while you're at it, why don't you look for Studio Break on Facebook? Again, there's a Studio Break Facebook community page. We provide a number of updates in terms of future guests. We share links. We highlight recent exhibitions, recent artwork. There's a lot of great stuff that goes up there, so please like us there as well. And to give you a little bit of an added incentive here, you're going to have an opportunity to get a free print. Very recently, I posted a link to the iTunes preview store for the Studio Break podcast. That is all the episodes listed. And in order to hopefully spread the word about this, I'm just asking a very simple favor. I'd really love it if you would share this link and then just get one other person to share this link. And there you go. The first person that can email me the, uh, the, the share and highlight that will win a free print from me. Once again, that link will be posted at the top of the Studio Break Facebook page. And once again, if this is the first time that you're listening to Studio Break, we've got a variety of in-depth interviews with different artists. There's 36 of them up right now at studiobreak.com. Again, each with different slideshows and links to where you can see more images of the work. And once again, you can listen to that interview in the default player. You can right-click and save it as if you want to just drop it onto your desktop or put it into your iTunes library. Or lastly, you can go to the iTunes store and just search for Studio Break under Podcasts, and you can subscribe there. Once again, we'd really love it if you would leave us some feedback. It's very hard to get people to leave us some feedback in iTunes, and the reason that we'd love you to do that is that it bumps us up the rank. More people will be able to find out about it that are interested in the art. And so it really helps us out in terms of expanding our audience. If you happen to dig free music, please check out the freemusicarchive.org where we found the music for today's podcast. Both songs, this one and the first one is called Scratch Off the Serial. And taking us out is Fresh Handmade. We've heard them a couple of times on Studio Break and I just kind of kind of enjoy them and as some background music. Once again, you can find thousands of different songs that you can download for free at freemusicarchive.org. And lastly, if you have no idea what I do and you're curious, you can visit my website, davidlinaway.com, to see all the work that I have up there. And again, if you want to see installation shots of the recent exhibition, Scavenge Landscapes, you can find a folder on the Facebook Studio Break community page, where you can also find a review by Gary Panetta of the Peoria Journal Star. And once again, that exhibition runs at the Peoria Art Guild through the end of the month. That's all the show we have for you today. Hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope to bring a lot more of these highlight podcasts to you. We'll talk to you real soon, everybody. Take care.